down and study Matthew 5, 6, and 7 because it is the one of the greatest readings of all the scriptures. It's Jesus teaching the principles of life of the Sermon on the Mount. He starts with the Beatitudes of blessed art thou, blessed art, and so forth until he comes around to, from everything to fasting, to praying, to giving, to loving your neighbor, to hating your brother, to whatever the principles of life are. And he gave them to us in three short chapters on the Sermon on the Mount. But here in Matthew chapter 5, in the, the closing part of that chapter, not all the way to the end, but I read verses 30, 38 through 45, he is... He is making some things known to us about the principles of living. He just he says, you, you've heard people say it's an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But he said, I'm not, I'm not teaching that. I'm, I'm telling you resist evil. Resist that you resist not evil. But whosoever shall smite thee on the, on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. So here's what he's teaching us in the few verses that I read you. Go further than you've been taught. Say that with me. Go further than you've been taught. Listen to me when I tell you on this Wednesday night, and I know it's first Wednesday, and I'm not, not necessarily going to teach a Bible lesson, but I, I want to just drill into our minds a few things that I believe we need in the day in which we live, a very selfish day, a very self-centered day, a day when we are more concerned about ourselves than we are about others. We've, uh, we've, and you've heard, you've heard me say it before, uh, that, that it went from, anybody ever remember the magazine called Life? Life. And then it went to People. Anybody ever read People magazine? Come on now, quit lying to me. And it went from life to people, and now it's a magazine called Self. It went from life to people to self, and that's where we've gone, from life to people to self. But I want to I wanna zero in on verse 41 because Jesus said something here, and it, and it looks just like a simple statement, but behind it was a very powerful, powerful meaning. The statement, when he made this statement, no doubt, went against the grain of the people who heard it. They probably thought, why are you saying that? And when I get through tonight, you'll understand why. At the first, they didn't understand why he was saying the things he was saying when he said, whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him two. Everybody say, not one, but two. He said, if they compel you to go a mile, go two. That's twain, okay? The Roman Empire of that day, who was in rule, here's the background of the statement that Jesus made on the Sermon on the Mount. When they conquered a city or a province, a yoke was put in the main gate, and the people of that city were made to pass under it. Jews, people who were living under Roman rule. And now, now they would have to pass under this yoke, yoke, and by this they would 
have to promise by their passing obedience and tribute and obeisance along with other things to the Roman Empire. And one of the other things was this, that when a Roman soldier wanted you to carry his pack for a mile, you were required by law, by Roman rule, to do so. You were required to take that man's pack and, and, and carry it. As a matter of fact, that uh, history tells us that the Jewish boys of that day would mark a mile in each direction from their place of abode. If a Roman soldier came down the road and called you out and said, I need you to carry this. As a matter of fact, one historian said that the Roman mile was 1,000 steps. I don't know, but that's what was, was said. But here's what I do know. That Jesus said, if they ask you to go a mile, go to. Just do more than you have to do. They were required by law, no matter what they were doing, no matter what they had on the agenda. It was by law. It was that you had to take that Roman soldier's pack and you had to carry his load for one mile. Now, Jesus is teaching I don't want you to just go a mile. I want you to go two. He was teaching here a principle of life. The second mile is merely for those that have the desire to do so. If I could name my sermon tonight, it would simply be this. Two-mile Christians in a one-mile world. Because most people don't want to go the mile much less the second one. But we need to become two-mile Christians in the 21st century. There are some things that are required of us. You know that. There are some things that this book lays down as requirements for us to live for God and be right. Anybody want to be saved? Not very much, huh? Anybody want to be saved? I want to be saved. And I want to do whatever it takes to be saved. But I don't, I don't want to do what the man of God said here Sunday morning when he took a stick and drew a line on this platform. And he talked about the bare minimum. Everybody say that with me again. The bare minimum. It's not what we ought to be doing as children of God. Not in our lifestyle. Not in our prayer life. Not in our witnessing. Not in our giving, not in our sacrifice, not in any area of our Christian lifestyle should we be willing to just give the bare minimum. I'm here to preach to you on a Wednesday night. We need some two-mile Christians. The law says you got to go a mile. The law says, the book said you got to do this or you got to do that. Let me tell you, there is some two-mile Christians in this church. There are some. I started praying and, and talking to the Lord about this today. And the Lord, excuse me, the Lord reminded me, you've got some sitting there. I can name some of them tonight. Because you see, pardon me, we have people in this church that do things beyond the call of duty. They don't have to do them to be saved. 
They don't have to do them. There's not any requirement for them to do, to do what they do. But they do it because they are in love with the kingdom of God. Let me take you to the Old Testament right quick. The Bible talks about slaves in the Old Testament. And it talked about a man when he was, was, was called to be a slave or when he came, became a slave. He would work so many years for his owner. And then he had the right. He had the right to leave and not be a slave anymore. You with me? But the Bible also says, if you desire to stay and you love your master and you want to remain a slave, you go to the doorpost and they will pierce your ear with an awl and put a hole in your ear. It is a mark so that they will know that you are not a slave because you have to be. You're a slave because you want to be. Is there any wannabe slaves in the house tonight? Is there anybody here that's willing to take the mark and say, You know what? I'm not doing this because pastor asked me. I'm not doing this because I want to look good to people. I'm doing this because I love the kingdom. I love the place where I worship. I love the people that I worship with. There's some two-mile Christians. This church is an awesome church. Justin... Did this church just take care of you and Molly during your time of trouble? It went beyond. This church, this church is, 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 there's a lot of two mile Christians here. There's a lot of folks. You don't see everything this church does. I thank God for Kirkland Stewart and Michael Dotre who head up Grace Place. I don't know what all's happening on Grace Place. I, I don't get there every, every Friday. I don't, or every first Friday. I don't go. But let me tell you, they got a team that does. And we got people that don't get paid a dime. And they take their time. And they take their sacrifice. And they feed needy people. That's a two mile Christian in a one mile world. Because the world just says, move on. Get out of our way. I'm going to climb the ladder of success. I'll pull you down to put me up. But not the church. The church has to be willing to give. I thank God. I'm just going to say a few things here tonight. I thank God for people like Greg Jackson who gets paid nothing. I thank God for 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 his helpers that that help drive these vans and pick up people and bring them to the house of God. I thank God for Ronnie Cupid, who I don't ask to do it. But every time the service is over, he stays till you quit talking and you quit this. And, and he turns out all the lights and he locks all the doors. And he even comes by on his off nights and checks all the church. You say, preacher, why does he do that? Because he loves the kingdom of God. Where are the two-mile Christians in the one-mile world? world. I thank God for his wife who takes care of the flower beds in front of the family center, in front of this church that all the beauty you see and, and they're continuously working here. I love you, Donnie McManus and Dub Dykus, because you come here when you don't have to and nobody asks you to. I don't have to worry about them. I don't know how much longer they can do it, but I can tell you they've been two-mile Christians in a one-mile world to mow 14, 13 acres of land and 
say we're going to take care of the property. You say, wow, that's no big deal. Oh, yes, it's a big deal. Because here's where I'm going tonight. When the Lord says, I want you to come to the house of God, that's not all of it. When He said, I want you to give a tenth of your money, that's not all of it. When He said, I want you to pray, that's not all of it. you got to reach somewhere and get some love for the kingdom. I want to teach our kids. I want to teach our young kids and our young people. You're here on Wednesday night. I don't want you to hear this, Pastor. I don't get to preach like this on Sunday morning. We need some two-mile Christians in a one-mile world because we need people that will go beyond the call of duty and do the work of God. Debbie Masters, I love you and James. I want to tell you something. When we have sick folks or folks that that can't uh, do for themselves, Debbie Masters, she'll gather up a crew of women and they'll take food and and they'll take care of people. People that have surgeries. By the way, I missed one tonight. I didn't write her name down. Brenda Myers had surgery yesterday and Brenda Myers needs prayer. Lord Jesus, touch Brenda right now. Let the Holy Ghost be on her. Thank you for a complete surgery. I didn't mean to forget her, Lord. You hadn't forgot her. But she's in the hospital, but she's doing well. So Brenda Myers, a faithful, faithful member of this church. And, and, and I want to preach. I want to say just a few more things here. It's about attitude. It's about love. It's about de- commitment. It's about giving of yourself. It's, it's not about me. Somebody say, it's not about me. Come on, say it. It's not about me. This church is not about me. It's not my church. It's not even your church. It's His church. And because it's His church, we ought to devote ourselves to His kingdom. And do what we really ought to do. You see, the second mile Christian will change the minds and the hearts of people. If that Jewish boy just went one mile, the soldier just knew he was an ordinary kid. But let me tell you, if he went two miles, he saw, he saw commitment. He saw, he saw something about that kid that said, I want to do more than I have to do. Out of kindness, out of love, out of cheerfulness. Let me tell you, the world notices something. They don't notice near so much the way you dress as they do the way you love. I said it and I mean it. The Bible said, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples. If you have love one for another. But he said, well, you know, it's, it's all about this or it's all about that. No, it's not. It's about loving Jesus because when you start going the second mile, things start changing in your attitude. And you start changing the attitude of people around you. You start showing them what the church is all about. Randy, did the church take care of you a few days ago in the death of your mama? You know why? Because we love people here. And when somebody comes by that needs you to go a mile, why don't we just go two? Why don't we go? Jesus went the second mile. Don't you think Jesus could have called legions of angels and took himself off of a cross? Don't you know he didn't have to die? But the Bible said, greater love hath no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. I've come to tell you on a Wednesday, when we get to be as a church 
as a whole. A two-mile church in a one-mile world. The world is going to see us at our best. They're going to say, I want to be a part of that. I want to be what they are. I want to give like they give. I want to love like they live. Is anybody hearing me on this Wednesday night? We have to be two-mile Christians in a one-mile world. Oh, it's not always easy. It's not always easy. Sometimes it's very hard. It's, it's, it's tough because you don't feel like going the second mile. Amen. You don't feel like giving of yourself. You don't feel like doing the things. But it's, it's not about feeling. It's about the call of duty. It's about the love of God. It's about the, let me tell you what, when you start, when you start doing Christian things that are in this scripture, you know what true religion is? Does anybody know what the Bible defines true religion as? The Bible said true religion is to take care of the widows and orphans. That's what the Bible said. Hello? That's why this church reached out and kept orphans this year at Christmas time. That's why we've done it many times. See here, here's and I got to think about this today. Everything we do don't don't necessarily come to light here. There's people that in this church that that will see now. now I'm, I'm gonna say a couple things here. Y'all hold on, okay? I've said it before, but you need to hear it again. If you see somebody you think is in need. Come talk to me before you go give them anything. Y'all don't get quiet on me now. And they may really be in need. But they may be a taker and not a giver. And it may be a lifestyle. Some folks really are in need. And when you see that, and I, this happens over and over and over and over. Pastor, what do you think? Could I, you think I, I could, they need help? Could I help them, especially at Christmas time or in, in times of special times? And, and you know what? I've never stopped anybody that was in need. But, but there have been a few times I said, whoa, 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 I just wrote them a $500 check. Wait, whoa, 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 wait a minute. We just paid their light bill. So so here's what I'm saying. Do I need to run everything? No. But normally I know everything because I hear a lot of stuff. I, I hear more stuff than I want to hear. And I pretty much know when somebody's in need, and I know when they're really not in need. And I know when it's a lifestyle. I don't know how I got here, but here I am. But this is good stuff. <clears throat> I, w- I want to tell you. When you see somebody, open your heart. It's good. The Bible talks about opening, opening the bowels of compassion and giving to people and helping people. It's all right to feed the poor. It's all right to help the, the, the poor and the sick. And that, that's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying we have to be careful as a church. Do you know, I'm, gonna, I'm telling you through Chelsea's here, she'll testify for me. If we paid every light bill that was called about to this church, you know what? We wouldn't even have a church. We'd have a brush harbor. 
Because we can't pay everybody's bills. But we help people every time we can. And you know what I tell them? We try to help people who are in this church. That's our first obligation is our own brothers and sisters. It's our family. Amen? Now, we reach out. Don't get me wrong. I've helped many. Look, I'm going to tell you a story. that this is a, this is a life of a pastor. I wish Earlene was here tonight. She'd testify with me. I, it's been uh, a week and a half ago. I, I, I got a phone call, and uh, and so I said, well, I, I, I can't take a call right now. I'm, I'm, I've got some other stuff going on. So they called my wife's phone, and these people I did not know, and and so and they kept calling. And three hours later, they were still calling. So I told my wife, I said, get, up, get, get ready, get in the truck. We're going over here where they are, and I'm going to hear their story. I had a feeling. I just had a feeling. You know, you... Anybody just ever just have a feeling? But I said, you know what? I'm not going to be guilty of not helping somebody that really needs help. It was a Sunday evening. I'll tell you when it was. And, and, and so about 8.30 that night, I, I got my truck and I drove to 18th Street. And, and I met some folks there. And you never heard such a story in all your life. I knew this line when they started. You just can't tell that kind of yard and be right. And, and, and the lady was, 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 I'm not exaggerating, folks. She got in my truck. I said, get in my truck. <clears throat> Guy got in my truck. And all she could do was go, oh, oh, oh. And I'm thinking, man, I'm trying to talk to her. She's going, oh. So I take them. And put them in a hotel after I took them by their place where they supposedly had got kicked out. And we got to that place and they opened an old van. They said, you got room for a bicycle? Yeah, put a bicycle in. You got room for this flat screen TV? Yeah, I, I became a moving van. I'm telling you the honest truth. Truth I've ever told it. <clears throat> and I knew all the time that I was, I, I, this was, this. I knew. I just knew. You know, there's a lot of things out there that will make a lot of folks do a lot of crazy stuff. But I did what I was supposed to do. And I took them to a, a, a motel. I started one on, on this side of town. They said, oh, no, why don't you just put us on the other side of town? I said, okay, that's what you want. So I took them to a motel. I walked in and I got their room. Paid for it. Took them to their room. Put them out. My wife don't know this. Don't y'all tell her. Slipped them 20 bucks. Because she was, she was not impressed either, let me tell you. She's pretty good with people too. She deals with them every day. We got in the car and started off. She looked at me and I looked at her and said, we've just been taken. But the Lord will take care of all that. I did my part. Whatever y'all do from here on out, it's up to you. Twelve o'clock the next day, my phone rang. It was a lady at the hotel. These people want to think stay one more night on your card. I said no. I've done my part. Call. I won't tell you who. <laughs> I try to pass on sometimes to other churches and let them be blessed also. 
I don't want to get all the blessings, so sometimes I just send them so down the road and say, you know, they'll, they probably can help you. Now, you say, preacher, you're standing up here preaching about two-mile Christians. I am. I am, and I want to be that, and I want to do that, and I want to give to honest people who are hurting and people who need God and people. But, but you, my point in that is this. Be careful. Be careful where you put your money and your, and your goods and, and your blessing because, you know, the, there's some folks who will just draw it out of you every day and every week if you let them. But there are people who are honestly hurting and who honestly need help and who honestly need somebody to reach down and give them a hand. And I want this church to be there when those people arrive. Amen. And when they come around, I want them to say, you know what, I was at my lowest point in life, but this church picked me up. This church helped me out of that dilemma. I want to be a two-mile Christian in a one-mile world. Is there anybody here with me tonight? I don't want to just go the, the distance of have to. I want to go because I want to. Hallelujah. I thought I was over time and I got a few minutes left, so let me finish here tonight. The Spirit of the Lord will come upon us. I believe the discerning of spirits ought to work in our life on a daily basis. But when we see somebody that needs a hand, somebody that needs a heart, somebody that needs a word, somebody that needs encouragement, somebody that needs help, I want to tell you that this church, as a ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ has to step up to the plate. Hear me right now. It's more than just talking in tongues. It's more than just showing up on Sunday morning. It's more than just having good music. It's more than just going through the motions of a church service. I want to tell you somewhere people have got to get in our heart and we got to become a two mile church in a one mile world. We got to go beyond the call and say, I'll do my part. I'll do whatever I got to do to save people. Here's what Paul said, and I close with this. He said, I have become all things to all men that I might my all means. Somebody here shout all means. He said, I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. Whatever I got to do. When I'm in this area, I'll do this. When I'm over here, I'll do this. I'll become whatever I need to become. We can't separate ourselves. We believe in separation, but we can't separate ourselves from the world and win them. Amen? You got to rub shoulders with the world to win them. We don't have to do what they do, we don't have to live like they live. We don't have to talk like they talk. We don't have to be what they are. But you've got to love people. And you've got to put your arms around them. And you've got to love on them all the way to the cross until they feel the love of God. I'm here to preach to you on a Wednesday night. Somebody please step up to the plate and say, I'll be a two-mile Christian pastor. I'll go beyond the call. I'm not doing... He touched me on Sunday morning when he talked about bare minimum. Oh, my goodness. We got so many religious folks that just do the bare minimum. Hey, I go to church. I pay my tithes. I've got the Holy Ghost. I've been baptized. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm there. And that's all you do. Let me tell you, I ought to be preaching this Sunday morning because you need to get involved with a group. You need to get involved with people. You need to wrap yourself up in this church. No man, no man. 
No man is an island to himself. No man. You don't live to yourself, and you don't die to yourself. No man. You'll hear me say some of this Sunday morning. No man is an island. You've got to have people. They had people in the book of Acts. They had people in the New Testament church. And there was fellowship and breaking of bread from house to house. That's the way they got the job done. Anybody with me tonight? Stand all over this house with me right now. This is just a, this is just a little Wednesday night, first Wednesday message. Because I want you to know that when Jesus said, when they compel you to go one mile, go two. When they ask you to do the necessary, do the things that are not necessary. Oh, oh, let us be that kind of church. Doesn't it feel good when we, does anybody just feel good when you help people, when you do things that are, that are kind and nice? Don't be just a, we got some people in here with hearts so big. I'm telling you right now. I, could, I promise you this. I could say right now, folks, there's somebody in this church that needs help. If you just come stick my... I've done this before. you just come stick money in my pocket, I'll give it to them. And man, I can walk out of here, there'll be a thousand dollars or more in my pocket to help that family with. I've done that over and over and over. This is the kind of church we got. But I just want to remind you to do the will of God and the things of God. We have to be a two-mile church. Over and over and over and over. Don't ever say, well, I've done enough. You've never done enough. And I've never done enough. We've got to keep giving. We've got to keep going. We've got to keep loving. We've got to keep praying. Is it, I, don't, I don't think anybody here would say, well, I've prayed too much. Anybody here prayed too much? Well, I've given too much. You can't give too much. I've loved too much. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. Neither have I. I've worshipped too much. Really? Is there anybody that has done anything here for God too much? No. He hasn't come yet. And here's what he said. Occupy until I come. Occupy. Look at your neighbor and say, Occupy until he comes that means you got to keep doing what you're doing be not weary in well doing for in due season 